What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast with me, your host, The Bishop, TW Takes. Do not forget, do not forget, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TW Takes Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Email me with all your terrible takes at bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. It's now time for more terrible wrestling takes. All right. All right. Raw recap. Look, straight up, Raw gave us another this is what we feel like doing show. Uh, it was not good. I say that while still getting what I wanted, right? Lana goes through the table for the eighth time. My problem is, is Raw is now in on the joke. And I'm sorry, but wrestling is at its best when we think they don't know what they're doing. And them revealing the curtain only makes everything worse. Because as fans, we think we know everything already. We think we know why stuff's happening. We we think we know what's going to happen. And when they just blatantly put the counter up. Look, I, I, I've been counting the streak, as I call it, since four. Right? My, my episode, I think it was 29 or whatever. Uh, the, the, ma- the major talking point for me was the streak is at four. And it's because Lana was getting something. They were giving us something with Lana. And Lana was developing through what she was doing with Natty. And now that they put the streak out there as if it's now their call. It's not their call. It's our call. We decide, as fans, we decide what entertains us and why. And and for me, the Lana thing entertained me because it was obviously not obvious, if that makes sense. And then, of course... Just in time, 211 called it out explicitly. You know, I tweeted out there that Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke turned heel because they prevented the table spot from happening. And then Justin goes, oh, okay, so later in the night, Lana's going to be out there for some reason, and then Nia's going to put her through a table after the match with Asuka. And that's exactly what happened. And this is after, again, they promoted us the last seven weeks. I don't need a recap. I know. I know because you don't realize it. And then when WWE goes, hey, it's happened seven times. So what's going to happen next week on Raw? They're going to count it to eight and tell us how crazy it is? No, we decide how crazy it is. We Let us feel that. Give it to us. We take it in. Don't tell us that it's happening. We have to recognize it's happening. And if we forget and then there's an oh shit moment, not, oh, now we don't have to watch for three weeks. Because you're, you're counting for us. No, I need to count. I need to watch to make sure it's happening. Now you're telling me it's happening. So now I'm just going to assume it's happening again. You took it from us. You fucking took it from us. Just like you took the money in the bank away from Otis. And Miz has yet to cash it in. Miz's whole beef was, you're not cashing it in. You don't know what to do with it. You're not a legit champion. Well, Miz, you're not either. Miz ain't cashing it in. They had the perfect opportunity last week. They could have found a way to do it this week. Six-man tag, you can't tell me that they're going to be beat up at the end of the night where he can't, where the Miz can't cash in. It's bullshit. It's fucking stupid. Why take it off Otis if you're going to do the same thing with the Miz? So they had a pretty decent triple threat match. 
between Riddle, Elias, and Jeff Hardy to see who was going to be the last member of the Survivor Series team, and Riddle won. And they've been sowing this seed of, you know, the dysfunction on the Raw side with AJ claiming to be the captain for a couple weeks, and I have zero idea where it's going. And it's not giving me any faith in any corner. I'm not I'm not buying into anything because it's, it's, it's just antagonist. And if everyone else wanted to, they can just jump AJ. And not for nothing, no offense to his bodyguard, but I know guys like him, and they're not athletic. They they don't they don't move well. You know, uh, there was a a kid who got recruited to Duke that I played against in high school. Uh, for basketball, that is. And it built very similar. You know, could dunk barely jumping. Uh, had zero coordination, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, hey, Coach K knows better than I do, but the kid transferred to Arizona State a year later. Like, anyway, point being, I'm not intimidated by the big dude. Big ain't just for big. You know, for, for you know, the reason why I'm not a Charlotte fan is the reason why this dude's on TV. You know, Vince thinks that there's something there just in the appeal. Yes, Charlotte's better than that, but there's levels. Anyway, if if this entire Survivor Series team wanted to, they can just beat the shit out of AJ. Riddle is the only one close to his size. He's still bigger, and Riddle has a legit MMA background, so he can beat the shit out of AJ. And then Keith Lee, Sheamus, and Braun Strowman are massive. So whatever AJ's trying to do, it's just not adding up for me. And his heater ain't heat. So I don't know what try what they're trying to tell. Um, I do absolutely love the Sheamus and Drew McIntyre stuff. I think it can be something, and I think it could be something special. Now, if you guys remember, at the end of the draft, I thought that Sheamus would be the perfect next opponent for Drew as champion because, of course, why would you take the title off of Drew after SummerSlam when you should have? So in my opinion, Drew should still have the title. Maybe Randy should be a part of the Survivor Series team. X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to fantasy book. But as it stands right now, uh, Drew has nothing for Survivor Series. But hey, let's give Drew a title shot next week on Raw. And this is where I'll throw in the old saying to pop a rating because Raw has been giving us just the worst shows. The last two weeks have just been abysmal. You know? Uh, but hey, Drew gets a title shot next week and maybe he's the one to face Roman. I, I'm not digging it. The only person that should face Roman is Randy. Randy should face Roman. Uh, Randy should get his ass whooped. The Fiend should come out. Or whatever. I, I don't know, man. Like, this shit, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to fantasy book. I, the only fantasy booking that should have happened was last week. Last week, they gave the perfect opportunity to take the title off of Miz and, and have the next set of storylines set up until TLC, where Drew is on the chase. Randy and The Fiend are doing their thing. But anyway, anyway. But back to the fucking Survivor Series team. The only thing that was cool about the impromptu tag match with AJ Styles as the referee was AJ getting his ass kicked on accident. You know, Riddle hit him with the knee and the kick. But look, however that whatever's going to happen, it's it's obvious that Survivor Series is not a priority on the raw side as far as representation goes. Now, I do think Asuka will be the only one to hold weight at Survivor Series. Uh, for some reason, you know, even though Sasha's, you know, on top of her game, 
I think she's the only one really holding some weight on the raw side. And I don't know why I, I don't know why I feel that way. You know, she did end up tapping out Nia, uh, Nia Jax by the end of the night. So maybe that's what gave me the the kind of feeling. But, you know, and they've had better matches. Asuka and Nia had way better matches in NXT. So I don't know. I don't know what Raw is trying to sell us. You know, it, it's it's not really it's not really clicking on Raw. They fucked up the last two weeks. But back to the Sheamus and Drew stuff real quick. They're they're sowing the seeds with the I, I forgot what they call it the the Scottish and the Irish or whatever combo that they were talking about. They're 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 planting those seeds too, that the two of them are gonna have this chemistry that's been built over years. And look, hopefully so because look, I I, I actually what I see in my head is not a step down for Drew. Yes, world champion, a tag champion is technically a step down. But when you look at, for instance, the New Day, if Xavier Woods was a tag champ for as long, or I'm sorry, if Xavier Woods, let's just take that, take Xavier Woods and Jinder Mahal, who would you rather be? Because I'd much rather be Xavier Woods. So if Drew McIntyre, even though he had a lengthy, technically, you know, meaningful title run with some really good matches, if him and Sheamus were tag champs for like a year, year and a half, why not? Why not? Why not find a way to let that happen? You have the time, you have the resources, you have the bodies. Let that happen. And this isn't a rebuild or a restructure or nothing like that. It's just a better situation. Now, do it until, if you want to do that, until it's a placeholder for when crowds come back, you know, because supposedly that they got to go into a new Thunderdome by December 1st. Because, you know, uh, the land of magic got to get ready for the season. Either way, I think it's a pretty damn good idea. I don't know how you get there. I don't know what you do to get there. But I think all of us watching over the last couple of years, Sheamus' value, just like Cesaro's, is in a tag team. You know, they were a great tag team together. But when you look at what Sheamus does, him to elevate talent, hey, let it be as a tag team. Let him let him elevate Drew on that full capacity, because even Sheamus having a title run, you know, his matches with Roman and everything, they're pretty forgettable, but him as the bar had some damn good matches. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's have Sheamus and, and Drew McIntyre be tag champions for an entire year and change. Uh, why not? Who the fuck cares? Anyway, um, another disappointment too. Uh, all we saw was Funhouse Bliss. No Fiend, no Firefly Funhouse, no Alexa Fiend. It was Funhouse Bliss and outside of the Funhouse. I was talking to a buddy at work, and he asked me what I thought about Alexa Bliss. And if you guys have been listening to me talk about this, you know, Bliss Fiend thing, Alexa Fiend, since SmackDown and before, I've been so excited. And the problem that I'm getting right now is that when you have Bray Wyatt, you have Funhouse Bray Wyatt, who exists inside the Funhouse, except for a couple promos, and was it one or two matches? I think he had one with Daniel Bryan, one with The Miz in the sweater, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, definitely with The Miz. I'm not sure if the one with Daniel Bryan was with the sweater or not. But anyway, um, you, you, there's a separation there. Bliss is running freely as Funhouse Bliss 
and goes back to the funhouse. And I, I don't think I like that because when she first started this character, it was Alexa Bliss getting possessed by the energy, by the entity. Now, every time we see her, she's fully possessed by the entity, but on the play level. When is pain coming out? Now, we saw that last week. Nikki tapped her on the shoulder or what have you. She turned around and she had basically pain Nikki or pain Alexa looking. And okay, I buy that. But when Bray is outside of the funhouse, he's not walking around the back in the sweater. That's not how that works. Because when you see him on screen not in the funhouse, he's all fiend up. So what are we doing with this Alexa character? You, you, you better not fucking ruin it. Because there's nothing I've been more excited for over the last couple couple months than the build to Alexa Fiend, whatever that is. But now if she's going to be the Funhouse minion, I'm not too sure I dig that. Unless it's in a recruitment fashion like we talked about a couple weeks ago, as if the Fiend is going to build a stable. And I, I don't want that. I don't want that. But that's me in a want perspective. What they're going to do and what they give me, I don't know. But they got to tread lightly because they're in danger of ruining this character if they have Funhouse Bliss on TV, not in the Funhouse. It's the switch that's special. It's the switch that has always been special. She was, to Take Nikki, for example. When they're doing their thing, to Nikki, she's saying Lexi, Lexi, Lexi. Lexi doesn't exist anymore. It's Funhouse Bliss and Fiend Bliss. And that's it. There is no Lexi anymore. And I, I find that to, ha- to be a problem. Now, I don't necessarily want her to have three characters. But if she's not in the Funhouse, she cannot be Funhouse Bliss. Because you're, you're, you're ruining the special entity that that is. Again, Bray Wyatt doesn't walk around backstage in a red sweater. We don't see that. That's not a thing. If Bray Wyatt has a presence backstage, it's the puppets hanging out. And they kind of zoom in on them on Twitter and shit. You know what I mean? You, you, you don't even notice it. So why is that energy manifesting in Alexa Bliss when it's not match time or not funhouse time? I, I, I think they need to tread lightly. I think they need to tread lightly on that. So, look, that's just my thoughts on Raw. I don't really have much else to say. I gave Full Gear a shot. Okay, I put f- full gear on when it was the beginning of the Young Bucks and FTR match. And I, I, I got to tell you, I, I would love to do a live podcast with anybody who wants to. We will watch, a, we will watch the Young Bucks FTR match specifically. And I will let you know exactly why I cannot fuck with the Young Bucks. They are complete trash to me. There is not one match I've ever seen where I was blown away. There was not one match I have ever seen where I was like, man, I can't believe that happened. Because 90% of the time, I see something coming. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Because their in-ring coordination and chemistry is not there. It is... The, the story that writes itself, it's the, you know, the, the, the comedian on stage telling the joke and you know the punchline. 
It's right there in front of you every time. So whoever called that match great or phenomenal, you guys are delusional. The Young Bucks are supreme athletes. They are incredibly athletic. But just because you're athletic does not make you great. FTR has had better matches with DIY, with AOP, with The New Day, with The Usos, and some of them at the same time. I have... (laughs) I have not been more disappointed in a, quote, dream match. Another match, uh, the, the main event I watched, um, it, it, admittedly, I watched it with the sound off. And I think the main event is something you need to watch with the sound on so you can feel the emotion of it. Uh, I did not watch the promos, so I, I did not get the emotion of it. And I'm a huge Dean Ambrose guy. And John Moxley doesn't resonate with me because... The swag doesn't do it. But him as a wrestler, I've always enjoyed. His style of wrestling, I've always enjoyed. And what him and Kingston did was very personal. But if you want to see a personal display of storytelling emotion, I think you guys know where to get that, and it's on SmackDown. So what they did, it was was good, but a lot of it missed for me. Okay, and this is this is my and and I look every fucking thing I sit in front of. I try to look at it optimistically and I try to let it happen to me. And when FTR and the Young Bucks happened and when Moxley versus Eddie Kingston happened, it didn't ignite anything in me to pull me in. Now, then the following day, I started watching Hangman versus Omega. And I didn't get through the match before I was like, all right, I'll watch this shit later. Because Hangman, in my wrestling eyes, is five times the actual technician wrestler that Kenny Omega is. And I could be wrong. And 99.99% of the wrestling universe will think that I'm wrong. And I could give a fuck less. Because the name of the podcast is Terrible Wrestling Takes. So if you don't agree with me, then hey, I guess I have the Terrible Wrestling Take. But here's my Terrible Wrestling Take for you guys. Hangman is better than Omega. Omega is the guy. When you hear these dudes in interviews that go, Yeah, I tell these young guys, man, stop playing wrestler. Kenny Omega's over-expression in his hand movements and... When he's dialing things up and how he breathes. It's like, you, you don't have to hulk up for every move, man. You don't have to, to gear up to get into the next position. You don't have to accentuate your arms and point your fingers and do all that shit. It's not, it's not gimmick either. He does it every fucking match. And he does it to accentuate his energy usage. It's trash. It looks like he's playing wrestler. Be a person doing wrestling shit because just like the Young Bucks, Omega is a supreme athlete. The dude does incredible shit. The fucking uh, running moonsault off the fucking uh, guardrail and those thin-ass guardrails that those guys use, he's an incredible athlete with phenomenal balance. And his moveset is pretty damn good. It's the in-between that doesn't click for me. He does all kinds of accentuating shit that just like 
it's, it completely loses me. I'm like, dog, I'm not six years old. I don't buy into the campiness like that. It doesn't hit for me. So when he's doing all that shit, I'm like, okay, never mind. Never mind. So those are the three matches that I watched. I have not watched the rest. But I, I might. I mean, I have the pay-per-view. I downloaded it so I can watch it whenever I feel like it. And I'm, I'm interested to see what the Darby Allen-Cody Rose match looks like. Because I do fuck with Darby. I think he's an incredible talent. And he's one who does all kinds of crazy shit that you don't necessarily see coming. You know he's going to do something crazy, but you don't know what the crazy is. And, 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 and I like that. Plus, his gimmick is so original. So original. Um, other than that, I don't really know what the other matches are. Um, oh, yeah, Jericho, MJF. Um, I have a problem with that, that storyline set up anyway, right? The whole thing is, do you want me to join? Do you want to join? And if MJF wins, he's in. Why does he want to be in? He doesn't need to be in. He is the most recognized, most over-talent in the entire company. He might be top to bottom. He's number two. MJF is my number two on the pound-for-pound, age-for-age, gender-for-gender talent in wrestling right now. It's Ray Ripley, then MJF. I think Ray Ripley overall outperforms MJF. Not by much. Not by much. But in 15 years, when they're both not 40, they're going to be doing incredible work. Absolutely incredible work. Top to bottom, they're the two best, period. And in 15 years, you can say the same thing, and nobody will think you're stupid for it. But I I, I didn't get the premise of the match. The match was not good. Jericho needs to... Needs to figure it out. I, I, whatever it is for me. And everybody saying that, you know, when he comes out and the crowd singing Judas is fire. It is. But it's the same thing as the Austin what chance. They're doing it just to do it because they're in on it now. For Jericho, hey, props to him because he actually drinks it in, man. When they do it and he comes out, he 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 get, he fucking loves it and I appreciate that about him because he appre- he's appreciating the fans in those moments but it does nothing for what the character is and what the shit's all about he's now a made man where heel and babyface doesn't matter but he's legit a full on heel but you're going to sing the song so now the character work doesn't matter doesn't make sense doesn't make sense plus you know what it is it's the elevated version of the you suck for Kurt Angle Kurt Angle loved it Absolutely loved it. He appreciated it. And that's all Jericho's doing. So this is some right off in the sunset type shit. He's got to stop fucking with all these young boys and just let them do their thing. So anyway, that's what, like 50-50 time on AEW and, and Raw this week? I'll I'll get around to at least watching a, the Darby Allin-Cody Rhodes match. Uh, I'm not interested in Sheeta versus... Um, Sheeta versus... Nyla Rose. Uh, I'm not a fan of Nyla Rose's in-ring work. It doesn't click for me. It's kind of like the Nia Jax effect. You know, it's it's got to sync up perfect. Uh, Nyla's a, a little bit better than Nia, but but not by much. Other than that, again, I, I, maybe I covered it all. I don't know. So that that's all I saw. Um, I, I'll put it on at some point. Watch the rest. 
who knows? But hey, don't be surprised if MJF is just infiltrating the inner circle to get his hands on whoever he wants to. But that's about all I got. Nice 24-minute podcast. Let's see what happens when I edit it down. Thanks for checking in. Uh, 2020's been a motherfucker. Uh, (laughs) My family and I, we just went to get COVID tests today. Hopefully they come back negative. Uh, Who the fuck knows, man? Uh, But hey, with every downfall, there's an upswing. This podcast has been very beneficial to me, and I hope to keep it going and growing. Thank you, everybody who downloads, all six of us who get in there the last couple episodes. Please, please, please spread the word. If the if the, the tweet comes your way, hit it with a retweet so it spreads out to your followers, who are mostly my followers because we seem to be in this same circle. But let's get the word out there. In the next couple weeks, I'll be picking up a laptop. We'll be doing YouTube. Uh, I'll be posting to Facebook, Instagram. Um, I want to do Instagram live shows. I want to do Facebook live. I want to do YouTube streams. I want to do I want to do Skype and Zoom, Google Meeting, Google Duo. Who knows? We'll get this all situated out so we can have some more interaction on here. I've seen some some really good shows and I've seen some really bad shows and I know I float somewhere in the middle. So anything you guys can do to help spread the word, please do. Other than that, you know how it goes. So, with that being said, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TW Takes Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. Until next time.